Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, hey, thanks for joining me again. So, I've been trained to do something every time I watch the movie, kind of hardwired into me, and I bet that you have too. Every time a movie that we're watching ends, what do we do? If you're like me, you sit all the way through the end credits, or maybe you fast forward through them if you can, to see if there is an end credit scene. At a minimum, during the credits, I'll use that time to pop out my phone and you know search up if this movie even has an end credit scene. But end credit scenes are everything. The end credit scene is it's a bonus scene that either sets up what's coming in the sequel to the movie, or sometimes it just highlights something interesting that wasn't maybe necessary to the main story, but maybe made that story a little richer, a little funnier, or maybe a little bit more interesting. Now, I know that last week was supposed to be the final message in the Citizen's Message series, but I realized there was something else that made what we've been talking about a little richer, a little more interesting, and a little bit more relevant to the world that we are living in right now. And so, I have an end credit scene for Citizens. And for the end credit scene of this message series, I want to share something with you that paints a specific picture of what it means to live as a citizen of heaven. It's a story that answers what I think is a very important question. And that question is this. With all of our differences, how are we supposed to all get along in this new kingdom? Now, why does this matter? Why does this question need to be asked? I mean, we were taught to get along in preschool. Well, here's why. Because the smallest disagreements can completely split a room. Now, let me illustrate this for you, okay? Question. Is cookie dough better cooked or raw? Right? You see how tough that is? I mean, the answer is obviously cooked because you can't dip raw cookie dough in milk and, you know, salmonella. But but how about this? Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I like it, but do you? Here's a classic ongoing local debate. Cubs or Cardinals? Now, I personally don't really care at all. Uh, my answer to the question of Cubs and Cardinals is, when does football season start? And, and this last question, this one will really test a friendship. Is it okay to check your texts or take a call during a movie? Relationships have literally hung in the balance on differences of opinion on this one. Lots of dudes have been dumped because they check their texts during a movie. The thing is, is that most times when we disagree with people on something like that, we can figure it out. We can just compartmentalize that thing and, and not go there. I mean, there, there are some people I will just not watch a movie with, or I just won't talk about sports or move, music with, or I won't talk about whether Batman could be Superman in a fight. The way we navigate these small differences and potential disagreements is by realizing they aren't really that big a deal, and, and we just kind of compartmentalize or avoid them. But what about the differences that are a big deal? What about the things that matter to us so much that we can't handle them being challenged? Now, I'm not talking about our favorite team or style of music, and those things are important. I'm talking about the things that we really value, that identify us, the things that you can't just put aside and compartmentalize. And there are a lot of those things on people's minds right now. For example, Who's right about how the country should be run? Republicans 
or Democrats? How about this? Should people be required to wear face masks to stop the spread of COVID-19? Here's another one, or a couple more. Should, should school be in person or online? Will you take a vaccine or not? Is it protesting or is it rioting? I didn't mean to do it, but things just got really heavy there for a second, right? And it's because there are some things that are really hard to just compartmentalize in order to keep the peace with someone. Things that matter to us. And these are things that are literally dividing people, dividing the church in huge ways right now. And rather than deal with the pressure of navigating these differences, let's be honest, it's actually a lot easier to just cut the people who disagree with us on these big issues, to just cut them out of our lives. And instead, just surround ourselves with people who are like us, who think like us. I mean, how many of us have unfriended or unfollowed someone on social media in the last six months? These types of differences have affected our church. In the past, we've had people leave Compass because we are too right-wing. And we've had people leave Compass because we are too liberal. We have people who won't come to anything in person if masks aren't required. And we have people who won't come to anything in person if masks are required. And all this brings me back to, to the question I asked at the beginning. How are we all supposed to get along as citizens in the kingdom of God when there are still so many huge differences between us? When there are Christians who are Republicans and Democrats, when there are Christians who say black lives matter and others who say all lives matter, when there are some Christians who require masks and other Christians who refuse them. Now, the good news is, I think I've got a great answer to that. It's an answer that is really at the heart of everything that we've been talking about in the Citizens Message series, and it's at the heart of Colossians 3, which is the chapter that we've been studying over the last several weeks. And in Colossians 3.11, it says this, it says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. So in this verse, the Apostle Paul is acknowledging three really important things, okay? First is this, it's that the church is made up of really different people. Okay, it's made up of people with different racial, religious, political, and cultural backgrounds. It's made up of people with different styles, different personalities and preferences. In the first century church, when it all got started, there was a huge divide between Christians who came from a Jewish background and those who didn't come from a Jewish background. And the tension of those differences lingered and had to be dealt with for decades, which is exactly why Paul is writing this passage it, this section in his letter to the Colossian Christians. Because there has and always will be significant differences between the people who Jesus invites to follow him. So the first thing is that the church is different. The second thing Paul is saying is this, is that those differences just don't matter anymore. The things that used to divide you in society don't matter. You are citizens of heaven now. You're in a new society, a new culture, a new country. And third, the reason our differences don't matter anymore is because now, as citizens of heaven, Jesus is all that matters. 
And when Jesus is all that matters, all the other matters matter less. So I have a friend who reached out to me this week because she was diagnosed with a a really aggressive form of cancer and she has to have immediate surgery and she's scared. Now, do you think in light of that diagnosis that she cares about what her lawn looks like? Probably not. The appearance of her lawn, it may have been really important to her before, but when compared to her health and her mortality and eternity, Her lawn really doesn't matter. Sometimes we need something or someone to just give us some perspective on the things that matter to us and to show us sometimes how little they really matter. Jesus is that someone in the lives of his followers. One of my favorite things that's come out of this series is the idea that Jesus is an ingredient that you add into your life, that he's the whole soup that we don't slip him into the order of priorities of our lives, but that he comes in and reorders our priorities for us, taking his role at the top. Because when he is all that matters, he reorders the things that we thought mattered most, maybe even the things that we use to identify ourselves. Jesus showed us that this was how it was going to be from the very beginning of his ministry, and he did it in a way that you may not even be aware of because he did it when he chose his 12 disciples. Now check this out in Matthew chapter 10. It's a long list of the disciples that Jesus called. And nestled into that list are a couple of names that are really important. Uh, You got Simon, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Thomas, Matthew, James, Simon, and Judas. And then there's some identifiers after their names. Now, this is a straightforward list of the 12 disciples that Jesus chose. But there are two people on this list that are identified differently. They aren't just identified by their name or by who their family was, but by their cultural background, by their history, by their job. You've got Simon the Zealot and Matthew the tax collector. So why does this matter? Why were they identified differently than all the other disciples? Because it says a whole lot. You see, Zealots and tax collectors hated each other. Some history. Rome dominated and occupied the Middle East, including Judea and Palestine, where Jesus lived. They inserted their own oppressive form of government and they demanded taxes from the Jewish people that they ruled over. Now, tax collectors like Matthew were local Jews who were given legal authority to collect Roman taxes from their own people. And they also had the ability to charge any additional amount that they wanted in order to line their own pockets to pay their own salary. Now these guys were considered Roman collaborators by the other Jewish people who oppressed their own people. These guys were big government. Zealots were the opposite. People like Simon were formed as a rebellion because of Roman taxation. They were dedicated to resistance of Roman occupation and they they had violent resistance. They especially loved to target other Jews who they saw as cooperating with or compromising with the Romans. And tax collectors were one of their number one targets. Tax collectors were widely hated in Judea, but the zealots took it to a new bloody and violent level, like terrorists. Matthew and Simon could not have had any bigger differences. One hated the government and one worked with it. 
One fought for his virgin, version of religious purity, while the other devalued religious law to make it in a secular world. One was literally part of a group that was devoted to injuring and even killing the other. And Jesus chose them to be in his small group together. Jesus handpicked two men who were as far apart as liberals and conservatives, maskers or no maskers, cubs and cardinals, cats and dogs. And it worked. Why? Why did it work? Why did their differences not explode into violent arguments and debates and divisions? Why did the other disciples not choose a side and split the room? Because even though their differences were as big as you can get, Simon and Matthew decided that Jesus is all that matters. Because when Jesus is all that matters, all the other matters matter less. And when they put down those other things to follow Jesus, he brought them peace and unity. And Jesus still does. Look what Ephesians chapter 2 says. It says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people in his own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that separate us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's holy family. This is how citizens of heaven live. This is what they do. This is what their relationships look like. Embracing those who think differently than they do because of Christ. Paul says it again in Colossians chapter 3, our home chapter. He says, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. If you live like Jesus is all that matters, you will begin to find that the differences that keep you from embracing others maybe don't really matter all that much. So, as we wrap up, I want us to ask ourselves just a couple of questions. First is this, ask yourself this. Do I live as if Jesus is all that matters? Or do cultural things, personal things, maybe political things, drive my actions and attitudes towards others? Ask this, am I willing to deprioritize things that may matter to me a lot, but are harmful to the unity of the body of Christ. And finally, ask this, am I inviting and welcoming to people who are different than me? Do I have followers of Jesus in my life who have different political views, different cultural values and backgrounds, and different ways of looking at the world? Or do the people I surround myself do, do they look like me? Do they think like me? Do they vote like me? Do they talk like me? Jesus showed us what his church would look like when he chose the 12 disciples. It was intentional. When he chose to include two people who should be mortal enemies and hate each other and never get along, Jesus showed us what his church would look like. See, Jesus invited people in and he united them. He invited people in of all backgrounds, political persuasions, uh, racial differences, cultural differences. He invited all of them in to have an equal seat at his table. And then, in his love, he united them. Now, citizen of heaven, 
go and do the same. Let's go and invite people in and let's do our best to unite them because Jesus is all that matters. And when you begin to realize and live as if Jesus is all that really matters, all the other matters will start to matter less. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to follow you and to live the life that you've called us to. I thank you that you've invited us into this new kingdom as citizens of heaven. And I pray, Lord, now that you would help us to live that way. I pray, God, that where we have division in our lives, specifically division with other followers of Jesus, differences and disagreements, God, that, that seem too huge to overcome, I pray that we would look to you. See that you are all that matters in each of our lives. And as we can find that common ground, I pray that you would do what you do. And that is this, that you would bring unity, that you would bring peace, that you'd bring us together. Because God, we believe this, that you've called us to a bigger and a greater life, that you've called us to a mission to invite others into this new kingdom and to unify them with us. So Lord, help us to be like you and to live like you, to love like you. We pray it all in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.